Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm Kate Sale, your host, certified professional dog trainer, coming to you from WFMP Forward Radio in Louisville, Kentucky on 106.5. Check us out on our website, forwardradio.org. Today, we're talking about separation anxiety in dogs. And if you don't think this applies to you, stick with us for a minute. One of the main factors that we look at when we talk about our dogs being afraid to be left alone are big life changes. And we all know that this has been a huge factor in our life this year. Whether you are working with a dog that already has separation anxiety or you're looking forward to prevention, this is gonna be very important to you. Today, I'm talking to Tracy Hagen. She is a certified professional dog trainer, a certified behavior consultant, a certified separation anxiety trainer, and you are also certified fear-free. I know that you are a trick dog instructor, a fitness coach, a stunt dog judge, and your company is Positive Purpose in Georgetown, Kentucky. Tracy, we're really excited to have you here today. And the primary reason that we invited you on is that the topic we're gonna be talking about is separation anxiety and separation distress. And I know that is something that you have a specialized certification in. Yeah, thank you for having me today. I know that separation anxiety is definitely more prevalent, especially with everybody staying home now. Um, We're seeing a lot more influx of cases you know, with people going back to work and now, you know, dogs are having problems with that. And so it's definitely something that is needed um, and let people know that there is help for that. It's definitely something that we've all been bracing ourselves for in the behavior community. In our last episode, we talked about how we have a record number of animals that are going home. There have been a whole lot of COVID puppies The whole socialization aspect of that is a whole other episode that we're going to be doing in the future. But separation anxiety is something that we can kind of see coming as a potential issue, whether you're bringing home a brand new puppy or it's a dog you've adopted, or you have a dog that you've lived with for a long time. But on one hand, great time to bring a pet home. You are home. You're able to focus on that animal, make sure that they're getting everything they need. But the other side of that is we have so many animals that have never been left home alone. Mm -hmm. So that's going to put us in a position where we've got all kinds of things we need to think about in terms of some cases where unfortunately we're already going to be looking at treatment. But the good side of that is we also have circumstances where we can really talk about prevention and management strategies that we can put into place, whether you're not seeing any of that behavior at all, which by the way, is not an excuse to not take measures to make sure it doesn't develop, or you're starting to see very early shades of that. There are absolutely things that you can do. The first question that I wanted to ask you is what is separation anxiety? And then what isn't separation anxiety? Well, separation anxiety is a complex behavior. The gist of it is, is it's a panic disorder. You can't like calm them down. They won't get over it if you just keep doing it. Because that's a very common misconception is that they'll grow out of it or they'll get used to it it, um, and it'll be much better. And it's just not true because most separation anxiety cases that do not get treated or worked with by a professional trainer get worse 
when they get worse, it's really hard at that point to work with it. And because it is, it deals with emotions in the animals, separation anxiety training is very slow uh, because we have to go at the dog's pace. And so it can take a while. And that's, that's a hard thing for some people. So I know that in a lot of circumstances, people look at my dog has accidents when I'm gone or my dog chews things up when I'm gone. And one of the very common assumptions is, oh, they must have separation anxiety. And I know that that is obviously not always the case. A lot of those behaviors could be, I drank a bunch of water and you were gone for eight hours. It could also be, hmm, I'm bored, nobody's home. I guess I'll chew up this carpet. So when you start to see those sorts of behaviors or somebody suspects that they're seeing a separation anxiety challenge, what are the first couple of questions that you ask? Does he do it when you're home? Separation anxiety only happens when you leave. (laughs) So if your dog is doing those behaviors while you're home or while someone is home, it's probably a little suspect as to if it's separation anxiety or not. I had a case recently who owners called me and said, we think our dog has separation anxiety because every time we leave him and put him in his crate, he screams and he, you know, turns circles and he howls and he tries to get out. And, you know, my question was, is does he do it when you're home? So they put him in his crate and they were right there and he did the exact same behavior. So it's more at that point to me, it's a crate issue and not a separation issue. And so we started working on going back to basic crate training and he did fine. So obviously not separation anxiety. Um, We had one case where, you know, the owners would come home and everything would be destroyed and they set up a video and the dog was having a lot of fun when they were gone. And that's all it was. There was no anxiety whatsoever. The dog was just having a ball, tearing up pillows and shoes and remotes and just fun. So (laughs) we have to look at all of those things to rule out, is it something else? And there are things that go along with separation anxiety, like noise phobias. Confinement anxiety is also one that's pretty consistent with separation anxiety. There's a lot of detective work that we have to do in the beginning to determine if it is separation anxiety or is it something that we can just work on as a behavior. Although, you know, we have had cases where the dog might cry or howl, whine, bark for maybe 10 to 20 minutes after the owner leaves, but then they settle down. Those cases we kind of still treat like separation anxiety because we are still needing to teach the dog that it's okay when your owner leaves. When you are doing an initial assessment, what are the things that you would consider red flags? Body language. So once the person leaves, is the dog showing signs of stress? You know, are they pacing, panting, barking, whining, howling, pawing at the door? The behavior becomes frantic behavior, like panicking, because they are. All canines have a fear of novelty. And some dogs that are born with more fear 
can have that predisposition to have separation anxiety if something scary happens when they're left alone. So anything traumatic, whether it is even like if a dog gets hit by a car or is attacked by another dog, that can be enough to trigger some separation anxiety because they're, they're a little more insecure. So they, they want someone to be there to back them up or help them or, or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of things that can cause it, but it's not always why dogs act the way they do. Abandonment obviously can cause it, but there have been dogs that have been abandoned that are just fine. It's not always the dog was abused or the dog was abandoned that, that causes it. It's not that, you know, you spoil your dog. And so that's what makes them have separation anxiety. That is not true. People do not cause separation anxiety in dogs. <laughs> Situations cause it. The way the dog perceives things causes it because it's an emotional response to something in the environment. So exactly like you said, big changes, novelty, novel situations are all significant factors in behavior changes. Did you move to a new home that's close to the airport or on a flight path? Is there construction nearby? Did you have an alarm that went off when you were gone? Was there a security system recently put in? Because in a lot of those cases, you set the system and it beeps for 30 seconds until you leave. And I know that beeping stresses me out. So there are just a lot of factors that we want to think about. Some of the other things that people don't think about is being rehomed several times can actually trigger separation anxiety. Changes in the family, you know, somebody went off to college, somebody got divorced, or they had a baby, or, um, you know, added a new dog to the family, or a dog passed away in the family. All of those things, because those are also big changes for the dogs, can actually trigger that fear and that I don't want to be alone, separation, anxiety in dogs. And this is something we know, but I think it's also important to put this out there to our listeners that if they are going to be talking to a specialist, a trainer, although if you are dealing with separation distress, we generally recommend that you try and find a specialist, mm -hmm. is that your first appointment is going to be a whole lot of Q&A. You're going to feel like you are playing 20 questions because as we've already discussed, the factors that could be involved are broad, to say the very least, and looking at each individual factor in every case and treating each case as its own thing is incredibly important. So think about these things even before you talk to that trainer, talk to that specialist, make a list of things that may have changed, even if they seem incredibly minor. Uh, any changes you can come up with and write down ahead of time can be hugely helpful now, I know that a lot of our listeners out there are hearing us talk through this and, okay, this is where it can come from. These are the issues. What do I do? And obviously, when we're working on something like this, as you already mentioned, there is a long-term plan that you need to work with a specialist on. However, there are also short-term things that we can put in place, small steps that we can take. What can somebody do in terms of management right now? 
when we are working with separation anxiety, the most important thing is to not leave your dog alone more than your dog can handle. And if that means if you walk out the door and in five seconds, your dog is already panicking, you can't leave them alone more than say three seconds, which means you're going to have to start looking at, can a friend come over and stay with your dog? Can your dog stay with family members? How are you going to make it so that your dog doesn't have to continually every day go through that panic? Because if that is happening every single day with your dog, it gets worse and worse over time because then it becomes an overload of stress. So that's the most important management that you can do on a daily basis so that they can actually relax and not have the worry and the stress over their head all day long, every day. Well, and the good news right now, I guess, is that we're in a position currently where you've never been more likely to be able to find a way to not leave your home for that period of time. So in theory, this is a great time to be working on addressing separation anxiety and taking some steps. So step one, don't leave them alone. And then step two would be starting to leave them alone for three seconds at a time in the case of a dog that can only be left alone for five seconds. Now, if you have that dog that can't be left alone for five whole seconds, obviously at that point, you're going to need to be reaching out to somebody for help. You're here with Sit, Stay, Listen on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5. We are here to answer your questions about dog training and behavior. And with so many dogs and puppies going home during the pandemic that have never been left home alone, and with a lot of us getting ready to go back to work, we have gotten a flood of questions about separation anxiety and helping our dogs get ready. However, we are more than happy to answer your questions about any topic dealing with canine behavior, cat behavior. If you have questions about leash walking, chewing, you want to know a little bit more about bringing a new dog into the home, we are absolutely here to help. So please submit your questions to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can send those questions by email to behavior at kyhumane.org or you can send those questions to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. We're gonna take a short break with some original music by John 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 Slater, and we'll be right back. Better start living a better life for yourself. Start living for today. Better start living a better life for your own sake. And when you look down the road and you feel that your load is more than your own weight Well, if you look really hard, dear, you'll see that the far's clear, so don't hesitate Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen on Forward Radio. 
1065 WFMP. Visit our website, forwardradio.org, to listen to this episode in its entirety, any of our previous episodes, or if you want to check out any of the other programs on Forward Radio. I am Kate Sayall, your host, certified professional dog trainer with the Kentucky Humane Society. I am talking to Tracy Hagen today. She's a separation anxiety specialist. That is the topic that we are focusing on today. But remember, we answer questions about lots of behavior and training topics. So remember to submit those questions to us. We are absolutely here to help. Let's say that you're starting to see some things that might indicate that your dog doesn't want to be left alone but they're not dealing with full-blown separation distress, or you brought home a brand new dog that you want to make sure that you start off on the right foot. What are some steps that they can take and some ways that they can kind of start to prepare their dog to be left alone? So prevention is always key for almost every behavior. So this is no different So you want to start getting the dogs or puppies used to being alone, whether that's in a separate room from you to begin with, or even if they're just, you know, we go through basic crate training, you know, getting them used to the crate, getting them to really like being in the crate, things like that. You want to do those things first, obviously, because you have a new puppy and it doesn't know you or what your intentions are. And so when you start doing the training, you want to get them to where the crate is a wonderful place. So I usually start out with giving them something in the crate that they only get in the crate that they love tremendously. (laughs) And that's the only time they get it. And then they're going to want to go to the crate more often. Then you want to start training the dog to be separate from you once they're crate trained be separate from you in a different room or be in the crate while you're sitting on the couch next to them. But they have to learn that being in the crate or being alone is not a bad thing from the very beginning to get them okay with the crate. If the crate is the way that you're going to go or an X pin, if you don't want to use a crate, you can use a baby gate to, you know, whatever room that you're going to have your dog stay in but just to teach them that being alone is not scary. You're, you're gradually getting them used to you being out the door. You know, maybe you just walked to the mailbox and got the mail and came back. I definitely recommend you get a camera, uh, whether it's a home security system camera, the camera on your laptop to see what's going on when you leave. You brought up going to get the mail. That's one of my favorites because it is actually an exterior door that they're hearing open and close. I step out the door, the door closes. I come right back, not a big deal. Leave your puppy in their happy place, whatever X-Pen or baby gate space you've set them up when you run to the bathroom as they're ready for it. Maybe when you hop in the shower, your dog learning that they don't have to be with you and on your heels when you're in the house as well is just as valuable as them learning to be left alone when you actually leave your home. And I think that is something that's important to keep in mind. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing with, you know, working with the dogs is that you can't just always make everything hard every day too. 
You're going to hit critical mass at some point. You are. And so when we're working with separation anxiety cases, we always toggle between, okay, it's harder. How did the dog do? Did well, no signs of stress. We can make it a little bit harder. Then the next one is going to be a little easier. And that's another reason the progression is sometimes really slow when you're working with separation anxiety is because I never want to just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And the dog is like, I don't like this. I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make it fun for the dog, even when you're dealing with the emotion of the panic. So that's something that with new puppies, you want to do the same thing. There's a lot of things that I find is hard for owners. God love Dr. Google. Um, (laughs) But finding stuff on the internet, there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that contradict each other in training on, on the internet. So I always recommend if you're having problems with, whether it's a new puppy you got, or, you know, you were one of those wonderful people who went out to the shelter when COVID happened and, you know, now your boss is like, it's time to come back to work (laughs) and you haven't done anything because you haven't known what to do. That happens a lot. So it sounds like first takeaway is don't wait for your boss to tell you it's time to come back. Start now, start yesterday. Yeah. Start the second you finish listening to this, just start. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, the earlier you can, you can start working on things with puppies, even the easier it's going to be on the puppy, the easier it's going to be on you. You don't want to take a puppy who has fear of being left alone and just say, you have to get over it. I have to go to work because it's going to get worse. In terms of our dogs being very easily pattern trained, uh, getting very involved in a routine, I think it's important to consider the steps that we take before we leave the home and all of the implications that could come with things like picking up keys, putting on our coat, even going as far back to my alarm goes off at this time of day, I get up, I shower, I put on my makeup, that whole routine that leads into you eventually walking out the door and leaving. There are a lot of different pieces of advice that come with that. Some are better than others. So do you have any specific thoughts on how to deal with those individual triggers that might not just be walking out the door? Yeah, so we call those pre-departure cues and your dog picks up on them because, you know, maybe you only wear heels to work. So you put, you're putting on your, your heels, your dog picks up on that, that, oh, when she does that, She's going outside the door for a long time or picking up your keys or picking up your purse or putting on a jacket or, you know, like you said, putting on makeup or fixing their hair. Your dog will pick up on all of those things. So what we do is we just add those pre-departure cues in to the whole process. So sometimes you'll be picking up your keys and going outside for that three seconds and coming back in and putting your keys down, sometimes you won't be, but we want to make it kind of random. And again, that toggle comes into play where, so this time you might just pick up the keys, walk toward the door and turn around and come back. So it's including it as a departure cue, but adjusting the intensity to a level that your dog can handle. Right. 
Because I have had, you know, over the years, have heard and come across, pick up your keys, give your dog a treat, put them down. Pick up your keys, give your dog a treat, put them down. Pick up your keys. It's not really teaching your dog anything about you leaving. There's no context. Right. And dogs are contextual learners. And so they're like, hey, every time he picks up his keys, when he's standing here beside the table that has the keys, I get treats. That's what they learn. Mm -hmm. They do not learn anything about picking up the keys means he's going out and desensitizing them to it. So we just usually add it in as we're doing the desensitization process in that toggle so that it's easy, hard. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. This is paired with this because maybe this time I pick up the keys, put on my jacket and go out the door or whatever. I pick up my purse and the keys put on my jacket. (laughs) So you keep adding them in until the dog doesn't pay attention to those anymore. One last question I have to ask before we go. My dog is afraid to be left alone. So what if I get another dog? So it depends. Again, (laughs) some dogs, it may help. Some dogs, It won't help. And then the new dog will pick up on the other dog's anxiety. And then you'll have two dogs with anxiety when you leave. (laughs) Um, So it's really not something I recommend anybody doing um, because they heard that it worked for somebody else's dog. And in most cases, it does not help. I was going to say that would not be the norm. It is definitely not the norm for it to help to bring another dog into the house. And most of the time it causes more stress. Sometimes the other dog picks up on that stress of the first dog and becomes stressed also. So now you have two dogs with separation anxiety. I would recommend that anybody who is thinking that to contact a separation anxiety trainer, because I don't know any of us who charge for a 30 minute conversation to ask questions like that. Talk to someone who knows separation anxiety. We call ourselves CSATs, so we're Certified Separation Anxiety Trainers, and there is a website, Malena, M-A-L-E-N-A, Demartini, and it's D-E-M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. So there's a lot of resources on her page for them to look at there, too. Excellent. And if you go to that website, not only will you be able to find other certified separation anxiety trainers in your area, you can also find books on separation anxiety. There is a webinar. She also has a podcast. So there are so many resources there to help you be sure to give that a look. Well, anything else that you want to share with us before we go today? A lot of people don't understand how prevalent separation anxiety is. The American Veterinary Medical Association estimates that 17% of the 89.7 million dogs in the United States alone have separation anxiety. That's a lot of dogs. Yeah. (laughs) So you're not alone. There's plenty of people who are going through the same things that you're going through. Please reach out to a trainer. Please reach out to someone who knows about separation anxiety Talk to your vet. If you think your dog has separation anxiety, bring it up to your vet. They may be able to recommend a veterinary behaviorist, or maybe they know a trainer in your area that has knowledge about separation anxiety that they can refer you to, to help you through it. Because as a separation anxiety trainer, we're not just there to train. 
We're there to be your cheerleader. We're there to be your support. We care about your dogs. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. I know in behavior world right now, it is absolutely a hot button issue and something that we are thinking a lot about and really wanting to do what we can to get this information out there. And I would just like to leave everyone by saying, don't wait, take small steps. They will pay dividends in the long run. And if you see anything that's concerning, reach out to a trainer, talk to your vet, Again, this is Tracy Hagen of Positive Purpose. You want to give us your website, Tracy? My website is Positive Purpose, P A W S I T I V E P U R P O S E K 9, the letter K with the number 9.com. You can find me on Facebook at Positive Purpose K 9 and also on Instagram at Positive Purpose K 9. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you listeners for joining us today. This is Sit, Stay, Listen on 106.5 Forward Radio, WFMP. If you enjoyed this program, definitely go to our website, forwardradio.org. You can see the archives of our other episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen, as well as all of the other programming that we have available. Remember that we are listener supported, so get on that website, donate, get involved with our station. We would absolutely love to have you. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your day.